morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? So sorry. <laughs> Chris may have switched up the key on me. <laughs> I could try and say the other key. I forgot. I forgot. My apologies. Here we go.
may be seated. And uh, we gather together today just assured of God's love and grace and mercy. And we see it in so many different ways, but we especially see it in the gift of baptism. And we're going to have a baptism for three people here, all different ages, rejoicing in that gift of grace. And before we jump into the actual baptism, I always back it up a little bit and say, all right, let's, let's remind ourselves of what the Bible says about this. And a lot of it is, uh, again, from Genesis to Revelation, but specifically the Bible says all are sinners and that the wages of sin is death. And that's the bad news. But there is really good news where God says, you know what, I don't want that sin to separate us forever. I will send my son Jesus to come to this earth to suffer and die and rise again for the sins of the world and for people like you and me and for us. And how this gets connected to people like you and me, we find in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus was getting ready to go up into heaven. He was getting ready to ascend. And he gave the marching orders for the church. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And especially that last part, I just love that, where he makes a promise that's for all of us, but specifically we're going to look over here. He's going to say, he's going to be with you today, tomorrow, and forever. And that is a beautiful gift. And um, as we are up here getting ready for, for this, um, we have one sponsor here and some that couldn't make it. Um, and as a sponsor, what you get to do is walk alongside, really, mom and dad in, in this journey spiritually. And you get to pray for these little ones. You get to encourage them, um, like mom and dad especially, that they stay close to Jesus. You get to model the Christian faith because they're going to watch you. You know, they're watching you right now, right? Um, and I would suggest that maybe on October 30th, every year, remember this day for them. Because a lot of the focus goes on their birthday, but this is a spiritual birthday. So if you're willing to take on a very important spiritual responsibility, then answer, I will with God's help. I of course she says. I like that. Yes. And she's going to step in. Uh, one of the things that we get to do is uh, we profess a, a common Christian faith. And there's several summaries out there, but we use the Apostles' Creed. Because I think it's a beautiful, succinct reminder of the names of God that are going to be placed on these three. So would you join all of us together as we share the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, 
and the life everlasting. Amen. And I'm going to start with mom. And um, Natalia, we got you. We're going to start with mom and Natalia. Um, Both of you are old enough to know what's taking place here. And we just talked about God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do you believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? If so, answer, I do. Do you desire to be baptized into the Christian faith? Okay, we're going to start with mom. Sabrina Renee Peterson, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may our Heavenly Father, who just brought you into his family, keep you in his grace forever and ever. Amen. All right, next. Natalia Faith Peterson, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And may our Heavenly Father brought you into his family, keep you safe in his loving arms forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Last but not least, Richard Eugene Peterson, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Our Heavenly Father loves you so much that he wanted to bring you into his family and may you stay close to him forever and ever. Amen. All right, God did something incredible and great. You remember what we do whenever God does something great? We give him the thanks and all the praise. So would you please stand and let's applaud for what God just did. And remain standing for just a moment. Um, I'm going to have a prayer. But one of the things Jesus said about himself, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I'm going to let you hold that, and you hold that. There you go. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and we want that light to shine in their lives forever. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you do in our life. We thank you for bringing these three into your family. And Lord, it's all by grace. It's all because of your love. It's all because of what you've done. And may you continue to be with them. May they grow closer to you every single day and experience your grace and love. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, and you could blow the candles out. All right, let me go. All right. What a way to uh, see God's grace and mercy in action. Um, one of the things I tell people uh, when we do baptism in, um, when we talk about baptism, I say one of my favorite things is, is the baptism itself, but then watching people like you, watching what's taking place up here. The smiles, the joy, the thanksgiving. And I just want to say thank you for what you do in ministry. Because again, as you, as, you give your, as you give of your time, talents, and treasure, it allows things like this to happen through the ministry of 1C. So bless you for that. Uh, I want to welcome everyone, uh, our guests here today, uh, everyone, whether you are online or in the house, uh, we're celebrating together and we rejoice in a God who loves us. 
And we'd like to get you to know you as a guest, and there's so many different ways to do it. You could text 1C guest to 94,000. You could stop at Next Steps in the family gathering space. You could put something on the comments section of Facebook Live. Uh, just let us know that you're here. We also have lots of things taking place in the life of the church. Things that happen in church right here, right now, but also things throughout the week. And we've been encouraging that you sign up for what's called the Church Center app. And you'll see these cards in front of you. Um, if you don't know how to use a QR code, please stop at Next Steps or call us at the church office. We would like to use this vehicle to communicate back and forth with you. So if you would, please do that. Um, I've had dinner, uh, lunch actually, with uh, breakfast with two different people who have won, and I have one more to do. So that's going to take place hopefully this week. All right, a couple quick things. Um, if you would like to take communion today, there are some cards in the chair backs in front of you that will explain what we believe as a church and how you can take communion. And again, if this is your belief, we'd love for you to join us and celebrate this precious meal. Uh, what else? And if you'd like to submit a prayer request, those cards will let you know how to do that as well. Um, tomorrow night, Trunk or Treat, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Many different ways that you can be a part of that. You know, pray for the event that, again, people would come here and we get to meet them. And hopefully they get to know Jesus through our love and actions. Uh, if you'd like to donate candy, we will still take candy. If you would like to have a, either a trunk or a uh, booth inside the building, uh, we'd love for you to be a part of that. So please, please think about that. It's one way for us to just rub elbows with our neighbors and love them. Also, Thanksgiving is quickly approaching as we get into November really quick. Wow. Um, and so many ways for you can help with that, too. Just take a look up on the screen. Uh, go to our website. Go to the Church Center app. There's so many different ways for you to get involved. If you want to do something really simple, like after the service today, there is actually a turkey with some feathers up there with some of the needs that we have for the actual event. So you can stop there and take a look at that. Last but not least, if I can have the red, please. There we go, red. Anybody know why it's red right now? Reformation. It is somewhat, it's kind of called the birthday of the Lutheran Church. Because over 500 years ago, somebody named Martin Luther decided to follow God's leading and take a stand really against some of the false teaching that was going on. And um, his life was threatened, and, and it was not a pretty scene. But he wanted to stand upon God's word and upon God's teaching. And so today, even 500 and some years later, we are blessed because of Martin Luther and what God did through a servant like him. So you'll hear more about that in the sermon. Let's continue now as we celebrate. Let me be filled with kindness and compassion for the one. The one for whom you loved and gave a son for humanity. 
That you're wonderful and such a good father. Let's sing that again. Oh, let all my life tell of who you are. And the wonder of your never ending love. Oh, let all my life tell of who you are. And that you're and such a good father and you are wonderful and such a good father so help me to love with open arms like you do a love that erases all the lies and sees the truth and though that we may They would feel the Father's love. So help me love with open arms like you do. A love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. And all that when they look in my eyes, they would see you. And even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. And even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. Boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message.
Make your way on up here. Find a seat on the floor. Yeah, come on up. Well, as, as followers of Jesus, we are Jesus' sheep, aren't we? Are we Jesus' sheep? And we try to follow him and do the things of Jesus, right? Well, this week, we are going to see in The Chosen that Jesus' disciples follow him, and Jesus leads them into Samaria. And Samaria was a place that the disciples did not want to go. They didn't like the place. They didn't like the people. They didn't want to go. You might say Jesus took them outside their comfort zone. But as the disciples followed him to Samaria, um, Jesus sent them off into the town to get something to eat because they were hungry. And so Jesus stayed at this well. And a Samaritan woman came to the well. Jesus met her, told her that he was the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. She believed, and she ran off to tell the whole town. And it changed her world. And just as she was leaving to go tell the, everyone in the town about Jesus, the disciples were coming back with their food. And you know what Jesus said? He said something kind of wild. He said in John 4.34, he said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Huh. That's weird, isn't it? Jesus said that his food is to do the will of the Father uh, who sent him and to finish his work. So Jesus was hungry, but he was filled up and fed spiritually by doing the work of the Father. And you know what? As we follow Jesus and do the things of Jesus, we too are fed spiritually. We're filled up. We're fed spiritually as we do the things of Jesus. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, you know what? I have a video to show you of a sheep. And let's see if he followed his shepherd or not and what it looked like. All right, let's watch this video. did that sheep do? Yeah, he jumped right back down in the ditch, isn't he? He gets pulled out, he takes off running, and jumps right back in the ditch. He looked more like an ostrich than a sheep, didn't he? He just buried his head in the sand. He didn't follow the, the shepherd out into the field, did he? No, that silly sheep. Well, do you think it was easy for that sheep to see his shepherd? No, he couldn't see his shepherd with his head stuck in a hole, could he? Do you think it was easy for him to follow the shepherd? No. Do you think it would have been easy for that sheep to eat food and water that the shepherd had for him with his head stuck in a hole? No. <laughs> that silly sheep. What was he doing? Kind of a crazy sheep, isn't he? Well, you know what? Jesus wants us to follow him, even if it takes us outside of our comfort zone to Samaria or some other place, right? And he wants us to follow him as he leads us to pastures. And you know what? He even says right after the verse about the food, he says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. So Jesus wants us to follow him out into the harvest fields and do the work that he has for us. And as we do that, we are fed spiritually because we're doing the things that Jesus called us to do. 
that we want to do that, don't we? We want to follow Jesus even if it takes us outside of our comfort zone. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for setting me free and calling me to follow you. Help me to stay close to you as you lead me out into this world. Amen. All right, before you head back to your seats, I have some cards for you to take home with you. All right, and so you can talk as a family around your dinner table or breakfast on the drive home. And so they're, they're questions to talk about as a family as we follow Jesus. All right, so you can take those back to your seat with you. And thanks for coming up. This fog of doubt is not lifting Convinces me that you are not listening And the darkness that takes residence in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence
Jesus whispers in the sound of silence. As we continue in worship, we do so with celebrating Holy Communion, a beautiful gift that God has given. In fact, in our church, we talk about these two sacri sacraments, right, sacred moments. Uh, we witness baptism. We're also going to experience the gift of Holy Communion. And what we do before we take communion is we take time to profess what we believe about our sinfulness, about our need for a Savior, about what is in this meal and then our desire to live as faithful disciples for Jesus. So, if we would, uh, let's put that up on the screen and let's profess this out loud together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body the church by regular group worship study of God's Word cheerful giving thankful living and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And I'm going to circle back to one of the things that we professed, that Jesus is the only way to get forgiveness of sins. I want you to hold on to that. Because in light of what I'm going to share in the sermon, uh, sometimes it's easy to forget what Jesus can do. So hold on to that and believe that because of Jesus, we have forgiveness, and we experience that in this meal. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And during the next song, we continue with the distribution. And if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those during that song, believing it is bread and wine and body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion with that same faith, come forward with much joy. And if you desire to have either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the servers know. Again, this is a sacred moment where God makes himself known to people like you and me because he loves us. Amen.
now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we lift your name on high this morning as we humble ourselves before you in prayer. Father, we lift up SOS to you. Take away any negativity and pray that minds be opened, opened up, and changes become possible in all ways. Thank you. A prayer for Heath as he makes his journey home and prayers for Tracy as she stands beside him on his journey. May he know peace and comfort that only you can provide. Blessings on Grady and Carla as they begin their life together. Gracious God, when this world brings us trials and troubles and it makes us feel like we are just struggling to survive, your grace, mercy, and love reminds us that in you we can thrive with peace and joy and forgiveness through your son Jesus who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As a preacher, sometimes you have several themes collide and you have to sort through and think, okay, what direction do I take? Um, and it was evidenced in trying to pick the title for the sermon. And it has, it has actually moved a couple different ways, right? We're, we've been looking at the chosen and the life of Christ. This is Reformation, so I thought I'd put it together. And the title for today is going to be The Chosen, The Reformation. And as we um, think about the storyline of this, I do believe that God wants to, for all of us to have a reformation. In other words, he wants everyone to have a change. And as we look at the stories in The Chosen, there were one change after another, one reformation after another. And then we go, well, let's just say 1,500 years later, and there was another moment in the history of the world where people needed another change. Uh, the church somewhat strayed a little bit, and they were trying to figure out what to do with sin, and really what the church did was avoid the, the issue. Because uh, the church at the time, we'll just say 1,500 years, uh, 500 years ago, said this, what Christ did plus what you do will equal your salvation. And we can look into the Gospels and see what Christ did, but what, how much do we have to do to make up our end of it so that the equation is whole? And then somebody named Martin Luther, one time he, he bumped into Jesus and his word again. And all of a sudden his eyes were open and he realized it's not what he does. He is not part of the equation. It is totally 
and only through Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross and that empty tomb. And it seemed as if the shackles were taken off, the burden of weight was taken, and he had peace. And one of the things that he did in his life was um, drew, a, drew a picture. So if I can have that up there. This is known as Luther's seal. And um, he had written a long letter. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Describing all the symbolism that's in it. So I just have the little bullet points of the, the actual letter that he wrote. Feel free, if you want, go on my Facebook. And you'll see that I posted the image as well as the letter that he wrote to give you a little bit more detail and some of the Bible verses that are connected to this. But here's the thing. So just look at the image. The black cross. We are saved from our dark sin because Jesus died on the cross. The red heart. We live because Jesus shed his blood for me. The white flower. We have peace because of the faith given to us to believe this good news. The blue background, we have hope that we will be with Jesus in heaven one day. And then the gold circle, heaven provides us with endless joy, eternal joy. What a great reminder, what a visual reminder. I want you to hold those very important biblical truths. Well, today we see yet another reformation. And we're going to see this woman at the well whose life was changed and transformed and turned upside down. And so I'd like to take you to John chapter 4. It really is the setting for what's going to take place. And then we're going to walk through and see some of the little video clips. And I'll just tell you, um, especially this time, the chosen video clips grab a lot of the actual words of Jesus that we find in the gospel readings. Really, really well done. So we're going to kind of breeze through it. But here's the scripture from John chapter 4. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well and it was noon. So let me pull apart a couple of those little phrases quickly so that it makes sense as we go through. You see the words, go through Samaria. And it says he had to. Now why? Well, let me, uh, let's put up the image if you would. Uh, this is a picture. Not quite the map yet. It's getting there. There we go. If you see where Jerusalem and Nazareth is, now, um, Greg had mentioned that in the kids' message. There was this animosity between God's chosen people and the Samaritans. Now, I'll tell you, the Samaritans were God's chosen people too. But they had made some choices. They started to intermarry. They started to stray a little bit. So the really orthodox Jews were like, I don't want anything to do with any Samaritan. So what they would sometimes do is make the journey around, and they crossed the Jordan River twice, to go from Jerusalem up to Nazareth and to Galilee. And estimates say that it would take about another week if you're going to go that way. But I'm not so convinced that that's what was moving Jesus. He didn't want a shortcut. That's not what he was looking for. 
I think what we heard in the previous chapter, in John chapter 3, is the reason why Jesus had to go through Samaria. In fact, it's John chapter 3, verse 16. Anybody happen to know what that verse says? For what? God so loved the world. Now, does the world mean even Samaritans? Yes. Does God so love the world even mean our enemies? Yes. We're quick to say, yes, I know he loves me. I'm part of the world. But he loves everyone. And it's what moved him to come down to this earth. It's what moved him to go to a cross. He was so in love with this world and even the Samaritans that he had to go. Because as we find in another scripture, it says Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, just a comment about Jacob's well, just a little tidbit on that. It served a really great purpose. It was a deep well, about 105 feet. And it provided uh, really beautiful water for drinking for, for the humans, but also it cared for the cattle and, and the livestock. It was, a, it was something that was for generations being a blessing to people. And Jesus decides to show up there to ultimately show that there is a different kind of water that is eternal. Because with that kind of water, he says you're going to get thirsty. So, anyway, and the last thing that I have in my notes was um, Jesus was tired. John, remember Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar. John's a little different. John tends to look at some of these human things that are going on more than the others. And so John is affirming the, the, the human aspect of Jesus, that he gets tired and thirsty just like you and me. And yet when we find in the story, he's also the son of God and he knows what's going on and he knows it personally. So here's the, the backdrop. You see the story. Now we're going to jump into the very first clip and let's watch what happens between Jesus and this woman. Give me a drink. Did you hear me? That's bad, huh? What? For you, would you? Not quite a drink for me, a Samaritan and a woman. I'm sorry. I should have said please. You know, it's not safe for you to be alone out here. Nor you. Why haven't you come with others? Why so late in the day? Don't women come to the wells in the cool of the morning? Yeah, well, none of them will be seen with me, so I have to come with you in the heat. You look so kindly reminded me. Why won't they be seen with you? Long story. Long story. Maybe long life. I think that's what she's experiencing. She's been carrying a burden for quite some time. Um, the principle I want to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to share with a couple observations I had. 
Uh, the first one here is the Samaritan woman scheduled her day to avoid her deepest pain. As you see what's going to happen here, nobody wanted to be associated with her. Nobody would want to walk with her to the well to get water. So she goes at a time of the day where most people don't. It's hot. It's miserable. And she just wants to avoid the conversation and topic with anybody. And I was thinking about how this is part of humanity's issue. Uh, and it started with Adam and Eve and their fall into sin. Remember what happened? They ate from the tree that God told them to not eat from. And what did they do? Did they go right up to God and say, okay, God, you know, sorry we did this? No. They avoided God in a very dramatic fashion, right? They, they made some clothes. They went and hid in the garden. They wanted to avoid any contact with God. They just didn't want to really address it. And you can go through it, and I can give you probably 50 examples. I'm not going to. I look at the story of David. David sinned greatly against Bathsheba and against her husband. And he didn't go running to God and say, hey, God, he just got on with his life hoping that it would all kind of be put aside until Nathan the prophet came and spoke to him. And I'll just say, I, I'm guilty of avoiding too. I, I don't want to acknowledge my sin. I don't want to see my sin. I don't want to tell anybody else my sin. I just hope it kind of goes away. It doesn't work that way. In fact, as we look at the woman and the story and we're going to hear this conversation, she just kept avoiding it from one relationship to another until she comes into contact with Jesus. So let's now continue as we watch um, the video. I'd, I'd still like a drink of water if you can spare it. Amazing what a parched throat will do. Aren't I unclean to you? Won't you be defiled by this vessel? Maybe some of my people say that about your women, but I don't. Yeah? And what do you say? I say if you knew who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink. Really? And I would give you living water. Would. Except that you have nothing to draw water with, and this is a deep well. Besides, what do you need from me if you have your own supply of living water? Long story. But Jewish. He's got a, a long story, too. My observation is Jesus is persistent and loving. Just look into the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look at the story of salvation from Genesis all the way to Revelation. God is persistent. God is loving. In fact, he is relentless. He's not going to give up on this woman, even though it seems like she's trying to, quote, go like this to him. Um, that reminds me, you know, I have a niece. For years, when she would have attitude, right? And Maybe you know people like this. And she would go like this. Talk to the hand, you know. And she would not, you know, acknowledge me. It happens. And yet with persistence and with love, he just keeps going after her. 
And whether it's the Samaritan woman or people like you and me, I want you to know he is relentless. He is persistent. He will not give up on you. He wants you to know him and to love him and to follow him. And he will keep coming. He will keep coming. And he will love you right where you're at. And then he's going to grow you. And that's what we see in the story of the disciples. That's what we're going to see in the story of the Samaritan woman. Let's continue. Do you believe what I'm telling you? <laughs> Until the Messiah comes and explains everything and sorts this mess out, including me, I don't trust in anyone. You're wrong when you say that you've never received anything from God. This Messiah you speak of, I am he. The first one was named Ramin. You were a woman of purity who was excited to be married. But he wasn't a good man. He hurt you. And it made you question marriage and even the practice of your faith. Stop it. The second was Farzad. On your wedding night, his skin smelled like oranges. And to this day, every time you pass by the oranges in the market, you feel guilty for leaving him because he was the only truly godly man you've been with. But you felt unworthy. Why are you doing this? I have not revealed myself to the public as the Messiah. You are the first. It would be good if you believed me. You picked the wrong person. I came to Samaria just to meet you. <laughs> Do you think it's an accident that I'm, I'm here in the middle of the day? I am rejected by others. I know, but not by the Messiah. And you know these things because you are the Christ. Watching this several times, um, you start seeing different things. When she realized that the Messiah came for her, did, do you see what she did? Maybe you've done it. When you hear something that is unbelievable, it goes like this. It's almost too good to be true. She said it herself. She's tried before, but she was never, ever loved this way until this Messiah came to her in the middle of the day to where she is at. So again... The aspect is the Samaritan woman receives the love of Jesus. And I just want to say that I think whether it's the actual gospel account in John 4 or what they do here, I hope you see the theological picture here. I think it is profound. It supports what happened with the Reformation and the story that was given. You see, Jesus came to her. 
to her brokenness, to her context, to her world. And it's not like Jesus sat back and said, you come to me. He goes to her. And I'm going to tell you, it's the same thing for you. If you're sitting here today and you are in the midst of some kind of brokenness, Jesus comes to you and he says, I love you. And he will say, I came specifically for you as well. Now the last clip. I love this last clip. Let's watch it. I'm going to tell everyone. I was counting on it. <laughs> Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. It won't be all about mountains or temples. Soon, just the heart. <laughs> you promise? I promise. This man will be everything I've done. Oh, he must be the Christ! <laughs> You forgot your um. Rabbi, we got food. What would you like? Ah, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Who got you food? Wait a minute. You told her? Mm -hmm. And she can tell others? What food? My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Y you told her who you are? Mm -hmm. So does that mean it means we're going to stay here a couple of days? It's been a long time of sowing, but the fields are ripe for harvest. And so it's time. Let's go. Yes! <laughs> observation is the Samaritan woman loved by Jesus goes full of joy. Let me look at uh, John chapter 4 verses 39 to 41. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. Now, just a couple chapters later, I think Jesus kind of circles back to this idea of this, this water thing. Let's look at John chapter 7. Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, 
Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. It will flow from within them. And this next picture, I think, is a picture of that. So if we can have the picture up there. Um, here's a group of people, like we talked about in the very beginning. These are not the most qualified people from the world's standards. But they have been filled with a living water that has changed their, well, not just their perspective, but their life. Like the woman, she goes to her hometown, she tells everybody, and people start getting to know this Jesus. And so here's the scoop. Here's my question. Here's the challenge. Do you see yourself up in this picture? Have you received the living water that comes from Jesus and you are ready to go wherever God calls you to go? Are you ready for that? For me, it's a little sad that we're ending The Chosen, but it's okay. There's two more seasons. We'll get back to this eventually. But I don't want you to end the thought that maybe, just maybe, God has chosen you to be part of his family, yes, but to let this living water flow within you and out of you to friends, family, coworkers, classmates, neighbors, people you come into contact with. I want you to hold on to that thought and pray, Lord, how have you chosen me and in what ways do you want to use me? And please don't settle for anything less than what Jesus is telling you to do. Amen? Kind of, right? It's a little scary to say, okay, God, whatever you want me to do. So I'm going to ask you again. Are you willing? Are you ready? to be chosen and used, amen? Okay, a little better, stand up. I'm gonna share with you the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace, amen.
everybody go in peace and serve the Lord. When I feel my heart.